Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, thanks to people like On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, and it is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. I am James Yarko, joined by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. James, it's Saints Week one more time, and the opportunity for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to clinch the NFC South. Saints Week makes me nervous. It's a beautiful thing, but there's three games left. Like, Think about this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be the NFC South Division champs with three games left after they clinch. That is that is 100% accurate, left. but... It's just oh, Saints week makes me nervous. Especially Saints week makes everybody nervous. Oh, goodness gracious. Absolutely. And you know what? It doesn't help that you're going to be missing a playmaker like Antonio Brown, and it doesn't help that you're going to be missing a depth player in the secondary like Mike Edwards. Granted, the Saints haven't been all that great of a passing team anyway this season, uh, especially after Jameis Winston departed the field. But you still want all your weapons available if you can have them. They won't be available for New Orleans, but in theory – they could be available for Carolina the day after Christmas if they're even a part of the team. And in Monday's press conference, James Bruce Aarons was asked if he had any reason to think that wide receiver Antonio Brown would not return next week for their preparation for the Carolina Panthers. And he said, quote, I haven't made that determination yet, but we'll see how it goes, end quote. So not a lot of definitive stuff, not even a lot of inkling into which way this thing might go. But then later on in the press conference, he was asked when the organization might make their decision on the future of Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards. Of course, both of them suspended the three weeks for the COVID-19 violations for misrepresenting their vaccination status to the team and to the NFL. NBA said, quote, we'll talk as an organization. It's coming up soon when we know we'll let everybody know, end quote. And you have to think, James, Saturday, Friday? I mean, the team travels Saturday. Or no, they don't travel anywhere because New Orleans is coming. But the, the team, you know, they're not going to want to do anything Saturday, right? So Friday, really the last day of business for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really don't have to announce anything till like Monday, even Tuesday morning. You know what I mean? Suddenly they do or don't show up. So there's really no specific hard line timetable for when this decision has to be made. Well, let's, let's start this conversation here. First and foremost, we had this discussion before and you kind of mentioned that you believed Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards, their punishment was going to kind of be one in the same and that. If you don't let go of Mike Edwards, you probably don't let go of Antonio Brown. I disagreed. I felt like Antonio Brown's track record, the fact that he is a more veteran player, kind of a leader on this team by virtue of influence, even though he's not a captain, all that stuff versus Mike Edwards and his youth and inexperience kind of and, and lack of track record, right, kind of differed the two situations. How do you feel now as we're nearing the end of this suspension? Uh, I think they're joined at the hip. I, I still kind of do. Uh, and I thought that maybe Antonio Brown was, you know, because we we remember the the gusto that Bruce spoke with early on that if if Antonio Brown so much as sneezes without covering his mouth, he was going to get cut any kind of distraction whatsoever. He was gone. He understood that. 
He went through that half season, the playoff run, the Super Bowl championship, all that. He was fine. They brought him back. Um, but, you know, he was still kind of on thin ice. So now Bruce Arians is in a situation where it's like, well, I either have to stick to my word or stick to Antonio Brown. And I thought maybe the fact that Mike Edwards was also involved might give Antonio Brown a little bit of wiggle room, a little bit of leeway that he didn't do this by himself. There was somebody else on the team that also did something this dumb and, and, and stupid and that maybe that was going to be Antonio's get out of jail free card. Instead, mm -hmm. now there's the possibility that Mike Edwards is going to go with him. Now, at the end of the day, I think they both stay, but I, I'm not sure how this situation is going to play out anymore. I really don't. Yeah, so I want to throw this out there, too. So Bruce Aarons was also asked about Richard Sherman, and as we talked about before, being cross-trained as a safety. And I know Todd kind of, like, played it off. Like, yeah, you know, we do that with a lot of guys. But I want to say this. Like, this doesn't get specified with other players the way it did uh, this last week, you know, leading yeah. up to the Buffalo Bills game. So I think there's still a little bit of a diff different wrinkle here. Uh, so asked again about what, how Richard Sherman played as a safety, especially in the fourth quarter. B.A. said, quote, he had a good interception and put himself in position a couple of times. I think there was only one mistake on a check that we didn't make. Richard's so smart and just gave us depth. He has great ball skills, so if it's around him, he's going to get an interception, end quote. Uh, that sounds like Mike Edwards, but better. Like, uh, like let's, let's just be honest here. Like, Mike Edwards is a very talented young player. You know, he's, he's made some very smart plays in, in his career. I think Mike Edwards brings you more blitz value from the from the deep part of the secondary. I don't think Richard Sherman is as, as dangerous of a blitzer as, as Mike Edwards does, but... I think the, the first and foremost thing is that what this team is kind of finding out through this suspension, especially with Brashad Perryman coming back onto the squad, is that they can survive without both of them. I still think the tipping point on this, James, is the fact that you're not suspending them. Like, if you wave them, they're waived. Like, they're both getting picked up. Like, the COVID-19 violation, as much as some people might be upset about it, is not going to be enough to keep other teams from picking them up. I think that is a huge factor in this that nobody is talking about right now, and I think it's what keeps them on the Buccaneers roster. And I mentioned before, it could be a, a, an indefinite suspension for conduct detrimental to the team. Look what's happening to the Washington football team. But we'll get into that as we get closer through the week. Maybe Evan will have a, a conversation about that for WTSP Wednesday, James. But before we move into our next level of conversation, let's hear from another member of Bucks Nation coming off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' 10th win of the 2021 NFL season. Hey guys, it's Adam from Cumming, Georgia. Just giving you guys a shout. Um, what a crazy game and a wonderful ending. Uh, I don't think anybody planned for Perriman to run that all the way back. But anyway, I just wanted to uh, say go Bucks, and I cannot wait to go to this little place right down the road and eat me a bison burger um, for uh, for lunch tomorrow. Anyway, you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And as always, go Bucks. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of free of a free 5G phone 
so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and covers not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit OnLocationExp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. That's onlocationexp.com slash Super Bowl SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Thanks again for making the Lots on Bucks podcast your first listen or view every single day. David Harrison, James Jarko on Twitter at dharrison82 at Bucks. The show at Locked on Bucks. Segment two now here free and available on all platforms. James, let's keep the party going. Let's bring another member of Bucks Nation into the conversation. Hey guys, it's Earl from Tampa. I just want to say if that was a that was a good win. I'm, I'm glad we got Tom Brady. That was great. Perriman, great, great call. Nobody did linebacker. That was great, you know, just great execution on that. But it shouldn't have came down to that overtime. It just shouldn't. I'm happy. We won the game, got us in second place. But it shouldn't have came down to that. And I'm sorry, the defense is, is a liability. The secondary is a liability. I'm saying, Josh Allen, he was on one Good leg, and he got him 100 yards. We talking about he got to be the slowest defense that the Bucks ever had. I don't. I'm, I'm saying I'm looking at history, but that defense is slow. I'm sorry, and I'm happy they won. Good win. We ended, but this is the defense basically just gets the ball. This is who we stuck with. Plain and simple. Do I think um, we'll go to the back to bowl? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Right now, it don't look like. It. Because the defense is a lot better. The secondary is just not, it just ain't there. But that's all I got to say. I'm happy they won. Go Bucks. Let's see what they do against the Saints at home. But thank God, all I can say is thank God for Tom Brady and his, his, his just magic all the time. Go Bucks. All right, Earl, thank you very much for the call. Um, David. Defense, a liability. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I don't agree. I don't think the defense is a liability. I mean, I think we, we've seen this team shoot themselves in the foot and lose contain and and all those things. But I think Josh Allen is, is kind of a unique situation. And this Buffalo Bills offense is a unique situation. Uh, again, you know, not every team in the NFL and not a lot of teams in the NFL have a quarterback that can punish you on the ground the way that Josh Allen can, even with, uh, you know, kind of a, a blown tire. And then also have the weapons like Stephon Diggs and all the guys that they have out there that can threaten you in the secondary. Uh, Bruce was kind of asked about the comparison between Josh Allen and Taysom Hill. We were talking about before we recorded, and he mentioned that, you know, uh, Josh is kind of uh, unique. Taysom is very talented as well in his own right. But I don't think the passing game is going to be as much of a threat versus, uh, or, you know, going up against the New Orleans Saints than it was the Buffalo Bills. So I don't know if I agree with that sentiment specifically. 
Yeah, I mean they've shown they've shown flashes of the defense that we saw at end last year and and through the playoff run. Now it's about the consistency, and and there's been so many moving parts to this defense um, that it's it's hard for them to play to that level with as many starters as they've lost and and have gone in and out. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see if they can get on track here over the final months of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I will say this too, and I, and I have this conversation a lot. Um, the defense that you saw play the Buffalo Bills in the second half, they don't have to win the Super Bowl because they right. only had to play against the Buffalo Bills and they won. So at the end of the day, take that lesson, you move forward, you try to get better against New Orleans because the defense and the offense that play the New Orleans Saints aren't going to play in the Super Bowl either. You're all building towards hopefully your championship unit that you'll see in February. That's going to lead us to our take. A good take from Earl, a good call from Earl, just because we don't agree doesn't mean we don't appreciate you. Definitely yeah. appreciate all of you guys. Uh, win, lose, or draw. Actually, we hate draws, so we don't love draws at all. Um, but Takeaway Tuesday, James, so we've got some takeaways. Obviously, one of our takeaways combined, right? Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, that situation. I'm going to get into my next takeaway, and I, I wish it was on the field, but it's really not. And, and here's what I'm going to say. Fans matter, all right, especially in the stadiums. Guys, take this with a grain of salt. Fans don't matter as much as a lot of people wanted to seem like they matter, okay? And I'm talking about a we, not a you, all right, okay? Because I've been in stadiums, too. I've been cheering for teams as well. Listen, we, we all like to think that we make a huge difference in the games and that a sold-out stadium makes a huge difference in the game. And I, and I will say that noise does make an impact. Obviously, we've seen that throughout the years. Bruce Arians was asked in his press conference, very first question right off the bat was asked, if the team still feels like it has a significant home field advantage at Raymond James Stadium. First and foremost, you got to feel like you have a significant home field advantage to still feel like you have a significant home field advantage. It's no secret. Like, we're amongst family here, guys. There's no secret. Raymond James Stadium is not the most dominant home field advantage in the National Football League from a fan standpoint for multiple reasons. One, they haven't been very good, and NFL tickets are super sky high. Two, it's Florida. Like, literally, the options of what you guys in Tampa and those who travel to Tampa can do on a Sunday afternoon is just endless. You know what I mean? So choosing to go watch a football game is a significant decision. Three... A lot, of, a lot of people there are transplants. Like, there's not a lot of, I don't want to say not a lot, but the, there's there's a very large portion of Tampa that aren't Tampa natives because it's Florida. It's retirement central, right? So BA said, quote, I think even with all that, the teams from New York always have a lot of blue over there for whatever reason. I don't have any doubts. Uh, when we had the ball in defense, they were great. We can feed off that energy, and there's nothing like playing playoff games at home, that's for sure. Obviously, you can't control who owns tickets and what they do with them, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty impressed with our fans, end quote. And I know, James, that I'm, I'm some fans are going to feel differently than I do, but I just I don't think it makes as big an impact as some people think. And number one, I don't think it's important enough to be the leadoff question to the head coach coming off of a win against a playoff opponent. Yeah. And look, our, our listeners, our watchers know a few weeks ago, my son and I were in Lucas Oil Stadium for the Bucks and the Colts. And there was a lot of red and a lot of pewter and a lot of creamsicle orange in that arena, but they weren't asking Frank Reich about it. I mean, that place was loud for the Bucks. Yeah, you know, it came across on on television. And look, this is the this is the big thing that I want to say real quick before I get to my take. Stop complaining on social media about Bucks fans selling tickets to the fans of opposing teams. People put these tickets up on StubHub. They put them up on Ticketmaster as a verified resale. They put them on secondary markets. Something comes up. Maybe they need the money. Maybe you know they can't make it to that week or whatever. Okay, you don't get informed what team the person who is purchasing your tickets is a fan of. 
There is no way to tell who is purchasing your tickets. I can't begin to tell you the number of tickets I bought on secondary markets because the team that I was rooting for was coming into my region. Okay. It's not like a Blue Jackets fan went out of their way to sell tickets to a Lightning fan. You know, they don't do that. So quit complaining about it. There's no control over who is buying these tickets when you put them up for resale. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think as a Bucks fan, especially in Tampa, you want to go see fellow Bucks fans in the stadium. I'm all about that. But look, to, to your point, James, I had tickets to Lightning's Capital, uh, Lightning's Capitals in D.C. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going there to root for the Lightning, right? So I'm already in a wave fan, whatever you want to call it, buying the tickets in the first place. Turns out I couldn't go. There were a lot of other moving pieces that were going on at that time. So I, I did. I, re, I resold them on, you know, the little thing. I have no idea who bought those tickets. I have no idea if they were a Lightning fan. I have no idea if they were a Capitals fan. So unless these fans are are selling directly to another person, which I don't know how many people today, nowadays do that, they don't know who they're selling the tickets to exactly. anyway. And even if they do, it's still not worthy of, of leading off a press conference right. with a head coach with that question. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, but something that is worth the time, James, is Stance, an apparel company providing super soft, entirely unique clothing items that are fun to wear. They just launched a new line of active apparel, perfect for holiday gifting time. I own some of their socks, and I'll tell you, I love the unique and licensed designs in the field. The socks themselves are next level. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators, for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. When I retired from the army after 20 years of looking like everybody else, one of the first things I did was start investing in my own socks that kind of speak to my personality. Stance is one of those companies that I turn to. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Wrapping things up here on a takeaway Tuesday edition of the locked on bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at J underscore bucks at D Harrison 82. Of course, find the show at locked on bucks. David, we are going to kick things off here in this segment with my takeaway. We weren't able to get to it in the last one because you and I are passionate about fans in the stands and who's buying tickets. Um, look, this is this is my biggest takeaway from this game, and I wrote about it in my pick six, and it actually plays a little bit into our buddy Earl's voicemail uh, who called in and, and talked about the defense being a liability. Look, the corners have to stick together. This was only the second time in consecutive weeks that we've had Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Sean Murphy Bunting on the field together playing in a football game. And for the second consecutive week, what happened in the second half? You don't have to answer. I'll answer for you. Jamel Dean left the game. Yeah. Jamel Dean leaves the game in back-to-back -back weeks and misses the second half. Now, against Atlanta, it was an injury. It was a concussion. Mm -hmm. This time, it was an illness. Now, what happened, and all due respect to Ross Cockrell, he has played some good football this year. He has stepped up in spots, and he has played well when called upon. But what happened when Jamel Dean went out and Ross Cockrell went in? Cole Beasley went ham. Josh yeah. Allen was targeting Ross Cockrell the entire second half because it was moving the Bills up and down the field. You want to talk about playing 
playoff caliber defense, championship caliber defense, you have to have the three musketeers out there on the field together. Because when they were out there together, the coverage was solid. Shaq, Devin White, JPP, Vea, Sue, they were getting to Josh Allen. They were not allowing him to run wild. They were not allowing him time for his receivers to get open. They were playing some shutdown defense. If the Bucs want to make a run, those three have to be on the field. I mean, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And we, we talked about this earlier in the season when they were going through all these injuries, and you kind of mentioned it. We've kind of talked about that some of these guys, the Pierre Desiers, the Ross Cockrells, getting experience due to some of these injuries are going to be valued down the stretch and into the postseason. But more valuable is getting your guys healthy, Jordan Whitehead, all those guys, uh, so they can be on the field at the same time. You know, it, it just seems like one week is another. But you know what? It also seems like every week what happens is a little bit less serious. You know what I mean? Like the, right? the illness that, that happened on Sunday shouldn't keep you out Sunday night the following week. So I think we're getting close. I think we're, we're getting close. They just, they just got to hang in there continue winning, clinch the division, and then move on from there. I mean, Jamel, all I'm saying is maybe don't crush a barbacoa burrito bowl in the locker room <laughs> and you won't miss the second half. Unconfirmed uh, reports. Unconfirmed. Uncon unconfirmed. Pure speculation on behalf of myself. Uh, and my, my speculation does not represent that of Mr. David Harrison. Uh, David, one thing that we do need to uh, take note of real quick, is the news about Giovanni Bernard, who, of course, left the game with an injury. It appeared to be relatively serious. The cart came out for him. Uh, it is. It has been reported that it is, an, it is an MCL sprain. Okay, so we're not talking IR, but we are talking multiple missed games. So the question is, who is going to step in and fill that Giovanni Bernard role, which has been diminishing you know, the, the better Leonard Fournette has gotten the later into the season. Gio's role has been diminishing, but he saw the field relatively, um, not relatively, he saw the field a little bit more than he has in recent weeks. I will say yeah. that until the injury. So is this going to be Rojo's shot? Is Lenny now a, a three down back, or are we going to see a little bit more Keyshawn Vaughn, in your opinion, in Gio's absence? I think it's gonna be Lenny and, and, and Rojo, but I think what you're really gonna see an impact on, and again, this is just me, not you know, the, nothing was said uh, on Monday about this, but I just kind of look at the tea leaves. I think maybe you see them turn to Keyshawn a little bit sooner if, if the game, especially if it's like a multi-score game. I think that's when you start seeing some Keyshawn Vaughn, but I don't think as long as the game is competitive uh, and it's not too early, like mid third quarter, late third quarter, I don't think you see anything different other than more Rojo. But if it gets into the fourth quarter, multi-score lead. Stuff like that, and then you see some some Keyshawn get sprinkled in there just to try to keep the guys you have healthy uh, remaining healthy. Yeah, in my opinion, I think we're going to see a little bit more of Ronald Jones coming in on first and second down. Uh, you know, and not every drive, but he's going to be sprinkled in a little bit more. And I think they're going to want Leonard Fournette out there for the third downs uh, instead of Ronald Jones, who has some trouble picking up blitzes, and instead of Keyshawn Vaughn, who has the same problem and also can't catch the ball. So we might see. Ooh, ooh, third down, Lenny. Third down, Lenny. That might be a third thing. Third down, Lenny. Yeah. Um, something to make a note of as well, not directly related to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as of right now, but uh, the NFL did have its first Omicron. I'm not really sure how to, to – the new strand of COVID-19. They had their first positive test in the NFL, a Tier 3 employee of the Washington football team. Uh, not, not named, but Tier 3 employee of the Washington football team coming up positive for the Omicron strand of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, and then on Monday as well, 
36 players in the NFL hitting the reserve slash COVID-19 list, including doesn't doesn't involve the Buccaneers, but including all pro caliber, pro bowl caliber defensive tackle Jonathan Allen for the Washington football team. Guys, Washington now has nine players on the reserve COVID-19 list, five of them on the defensive line. Montez Sweat, the first one of the bunch uh, about eight days ago, probably going to miss two games because of it. So it's that time of year for one where viruses are going around and uh, apparently Omicron has has landed in the National Football League. Omicron sounds like Megatron's best friend. From yeah, Trump. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I call like one of my wife and I talk about. That's what I call it just because I can never remember the actual name of it. So I say Megatron strand and my kids think right. it's hilarious, even though it's obviously a, a serious conversation. But, you know, just because I can't remember the name of it, that's what I call it. Yeah, it. I mean, I just can't help it. I have four boys. I immediately go to Transformers with that, David. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Coming up tomorrow, of course, I will be joined by Evan Klosky for a WTSP Wednesday. We're going to hit a couple of the voicemails that David and I could not get to on this one. I'm sure that'll make for some fun conversation, and you guys will get to watch me berate Evan mercilessly about picking the Bills to win. So if nothing else, tune in for that. Uh, but yeah, thank I will you. be. <laughs> thank you to Adam and Earl for your phone calls. We really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or watch every day, free and available on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, but make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Check out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarris82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.